Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott with you. We'll circle back to what's again turned into another Yes, the Paul Yarby show on Oilers now. What to do with Paul Yarby. We'll get to that about 120. This is the second hour of Oilers now. It's brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us on the River Creek Resort and Casino hotline. Same number, 780-496-0063. The River Creek Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. That's where we're going to go now as we are joined by our headliner today, A.J. Jakovic from TSN 1200 Radio in Ottawa. Uh, formerly in Edmonton, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton uh, Oil Kings. Our Oilers Now headliner is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show, A.J. Jacobic. Hello, A.J., how you doing? Outstanding, Bob. Uh, excited to uh, make my trip across the prairies to your fine city and my fine hometown uh, tomorrow. Uh, now, you were on last uh, Friday with Brendan Escott on the uh, the Edmonton Elks pregame show, and uh, yeah. you, you made a pretty interesting comment about the Elks, given the fact of the current state of the Eastern Conference of the CFL. What did you say exactly? I said, well, and obviously week to week this has changed, but I said that I thought, based on the statistical uh, uh, situation and just what I'd seen, I test that the Elks were the worst team in the Canadian Football League and that if Ottawa didn't win their first home game, well, their second home game in 20 games, they've basically lost 19 of their last 20 now, that uh, the season would be over here. And uh, I stand by the second part of that statement. The first part of the statement is it's now changed in my uh, weekly Worst team of the CFL power rankings. Ottawa is unquestionably the worst team in the CFL now at one and eight. Yeah, Ottawa is one and eight. Hamilton's three and seven. The Alouettes are four and six, and the Argos are four and five. So there's not a team in the Eastern Conference with a winning record. Winnipeg's nine and one. BC's eight and one. The Stamps are six and three. The Riders five and five. The Elks are three and seven. Again, uh, not a team in the East uh, with a winning record right now. What was the old joke? 
uh, back in the day, uh, AJ, uh, that uh, the the Eastern Conference teams are in the lifeboat. The East Division is the lifeboat division. Women and children first. Uh, I believe that was the sardonic response. I don't even know if uh, that's a joke that can fly anymore, but it doesn't matter. You get the point here. Like it's when has the CFL East been the better uh, division? Can you recall? 2015. 2015 was the last time that. Uh... Eastern teams had uh, a winning record against the West. Ottawa actually won the East that year at 12-6. and six. Both Toronto and Hamilton, I, I, I think one team was on 11 wins, the other team was on 10 wins, and Ottawa ended up winning the East on a miracle play. Burst Ellingson played Edmonton in the Grey Cup, and uh, Mike Riley uh, led uh, the Zan Eskimos to victory. So, I, I mean, I look at it this way. Look, the East has been, I've been watching CFL football since uh, the, the tail end of the dynasty in, in the early 80s at Edmonton, so 40-plus years. And you, you could probably pick on one hand the years that the East has been better on the West in that time. So it, it is a problem. But I, I think people are forgetting about the real po- problem this year in the Canadian Football League and that you, you realistically have three good teams and six bad ones. And, you know, four of those bad teams are in the East. But I, I wouldn't be talking great things about how great uh, the Edmonton Elks and the Saskatchewan Roughriders are uh, as well, especially Saskatchewan since uh, the Garrett Marino incident. Uh, they look like a completely different team uh, to me. Uh, they're an organization like when the Eskimos were the Eskimos and they're the, the team, right? They, they were the flagship of the Canadian Football League. They yes. might have been disliked outside of Edmonton. The evil empire. Yeah, evil empire. That's what people said outside of Edmonton. But but they ran a tight ship, and they didn't embarrass the league. And right now, the team that's supposed to be the flagship, the team that sells the most tickets and the most merchandise, and they're worth the most, and you know certainly it's a great place to watch football uh, when, when you go to Regina, uh, I think they're an embarrassment off the field. And they've, they've shown that this year, where to me, the end has justified the means. And I think they're kind of getting a little bit of karma right now. We'll see what happens. Their next three games are against BC, Winnipeg, and Winnipeg. Obviously, the Lions are hurt by the fact that Nathan Rourke is hurt. Uh, but, you know, that that's a team that could easily be 5-8 and eight by the time we're talking in three weeks, uh, especially if Michael O'Connor can show well at quarterback. So, to me, uh, you know, and that's that's what leads me to my next point. Three good teams, six bad teams, not enough good quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. Nathan Rourke and Zach Kalaros aside, and give credit to Derek Kaler, CJOB in Winnipeg for this stat, you've got 70 touchdowns and 73 interceptions uh, amongst uh, the rest of the quarterbacks in the CFL. We're going to see Jake Mayer start this week for Calgary. We're going to see Mason Fine start this week in Saskatchewan. Due to injury, uh, we'll, we'll see Michael O'Connor. It'll be Nick Arbuckle this week for Ottawa. And, of course, uh, you've got Taylor Cornelius, uh, in Edmonton, uh, Hamilton's going to start Dane Evans, but he hasn't been very good this year as well. So that, to me, is the bigger issue in terms of the Canadian Football League this year because when you've watched Winnipeg and, and BC in particular, they, they've played great football. It's been a lot of fun to watch. BC in particular with Nathan Rourke, it, it was must-see TV every time he was on the field. But the other teams in the league, um, you know, at times, like that was a bad football game last week, Edmonton and Ottawa. And, and give Edmonton, all the credit in the world. In the second half, they run it. They ran it down Ottawa's throats. They, they did, and they deserved the win. But, you know, in terms of the CFL long term, they have to find a way to get some of the better guys uh, at the quarterback position into the league because 
this isn't 30, 40 years ago where, you know, the NFL there wasn't necessarily taking the best athletes. No. there You just nailed it. I mean, we've got a whole – the college game is played completely differently today in the NCAA. I mean, you know, I remember 40 years ago in the early 80s, Dan Marino was at Pitt and Steve Young uh, replaced Jim McMahon at uh, BYU. And those were, and then and then Miami uh, was another school that threw the ball. There were, you know, those those were per, like Pitt threw the ball. Um, BYU had to throw the ball because they didn't have the, you know, they couldn't just they didn't have the the speed on the field. And and they were, you know, there was good quarterbacks at those schools. And um, Miami had, you know, a lineage of guys, Kozar and Testaverde and guys like that. But they were, they were young, could run a little. But the spread off option offense in college, AJ, changed everything. And a lot of those athletes that 30 or 40 years ago came to the CFL to kind of establish themselves or get an opportunity to play, those guys are now, you know, first and second round draft choices in the National Football League. And and I think it's completely changed what happens with the Canadian Football League as a result. It's just the other leagues, uh, the NCAA and the NFL opened up for offenses, and, you know, they, they made it tighter on defenses for pass interferences and uh, late hits and all that kind of stuff. And, and the CFL hasn't followed suit, in my opinion, and is in the process of, you know, are they losing the younger fan as a result of it, AJ? Well, and, and one of the guys who's actually – partly responsible for the change because everyone used to be under center. And then all of a sudden, Doug Flutie, after his time in the Canadian Football League, where he had success in BC, Calgary, and Toronto, and one of the greatest players this league has ever seen, went back to the NFL, and he finally convinced his coaches and and offensive coordinators to to run out of the shotgun. And now, I mean, basically everyone runs out of the shotgun, right? So it's a completely different game. Now all of a sudden, if you're Kyler Murray and you're 5'10", you can play quarterback in the NFL, whereas 25 years ago, that just wasn't the case. Well, there was one team running the shotgun. The Cowboys ran it all the way back to the days of Roger Staubach. Who, but by the way, many. Who, by the way, was a running quarterback when he played at Navy. All right, look, uh, yeah. you're in Ottawa. Not only do you do the Red Blacks, but you do the Senators. The Senators spent money. They stepped up. Uh, they, and I know they lost Nick Paul, uh, and they lost Connor Brown. <laughs> but their top six has added Alex Debrinkit and Claude Giroux. Is this a year where Ottawa takes – I'll tell you right now, a strong argument can be made, AJ. If you have scoring in your top six, if you score above uh, at a certain rate, above uh, replacement levels in the top six at a certain point, the Oilers did it last year, generally speaking, you make the playoffs during the course of the regular season. Where, where's the fan base in Ottawa right now if the Senators moves? Yeah, very optimistic. Uh, I think still hopeful that they can get some work done on the blue line. I mean, there's three things that, you know, ideally you'd like to do. And a couple of these things you have to do. Uh, you have to get Artem Zub signed and preferably long-term. I think that'll get done, but it's basically going to be a waiting game until we see what happens on the other two fronts. And that is, uh, getting rid of that Zaitsev contract, and, and I think there are teams interested, but you know that could be tied into to maybe getting another defenseman, someone in, in the top four, and, and certainly the name Jacob Chikrin has been thrown out quite a bit, and, and I don't think there's any doubt that uh, you know the, the Ottawa Senators are involved in those conversations, but there's a reason a deal hasn't been made. If you know what we hear in terms of what they want, which is three or four quality assets. 
Um, that that's going to be a bit of a tough pill to swallow, especially like it'll be a non-starter. For example, if if they're set on a a prospect like a Ridley Gregg, if it's a defenseman like a Jacob Bernard Docker or Lassie Thompson, a couple of former first-round picks, then I think that's easier to swallow. Along with say, you know, maybe it will take a couple of firsts, uh, one in 2023 and one in 2024, and. Uh, then maybe, you know, the discussions come down to, okay, is it top 10 protected? Is it top two protected? Is it not protected at all? Because I think it would be tough to swallow if all of a sudden you have a tough season, you had some injuries, uh, you win the lottery and you move up into the top two and, and you lose out on the opportunity to get a generational player like a Connor Bedard. So um, I, I think that's what we're looking at here. We'll see if there's some other options. I know Damon Severson's a name that has popped up here in, in the last few days. And, and certainly, I mean, that's a guy that can play 20 minutes a game and a right uh, on the right-hand side. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Jersey's a team they traded for John Marino and they've already got Dougie Hamilton there as well. He's got one year left on his deal before he's a UFA. So that would seem to be a good fit, especially if the price is a little bit lower than Chikrin, but obviously you get more term and, you know, cost certainty uh, with, with that Chickering contract, uh, which is under $5 million. So that, that's pretty attractive for any team that acquires them. All right. Uh, I just want to circle back to Debrinket. He's making $9 million as his base salary this year. He's a $6.4 million cap hit, and he's a restricted free agent at the end of this season. Um, are they going to have any issues at all signing this guy? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's basically what I've been wondering as well. And there's no doubt. I mean, they're going to have to look down the road because I think, like to me, the guy who's going to end up being the best forward on this team is Tim Stutzla. So if he plays the way you expect him to play this year, that's going to be another contract well over $8 million. Uh, Jake Sanderson, I think he's going to be – uh, an absolute stud on the back end. I know he hasn't played a game in the NHL, but everything that he has shown, not just at the NCAA level, but playing uh, international hockey for Team USA, he was the best player on the ice when they won gold uh, in Edmonton in the bubble when when they beat Canada 2 nothing. So th- this is a player that, kind of like Owen Power, is going to step right into the NHL. And I'm not going to say he's going to play 20-plus minutes a night, but I think he's at least going to play 16-20 to 20 and show that He's he's ready to play. How big a role is he ready to play out of the gate? Time will tell. But but that's a guy again down the road in three years. You're probably looking at eight million plus if he comes close to reaching his ceiling. So how much room is there for an Alex to bring it uh, in, in that case? I, I think you'll you'll watch and wait and see how this works out with this group. And you know if you can find a way to fit him in hmm. in around eight million, then then great. But how many eight million dollar players? can you have if you still might have a couple of down the road and that's not even including guys like Ridley Gregg uh, if he reaches his, his ceiling but it's a nice problem to have they've got a lot of good young players and uh, you know I, I think that's something that the fan base at this stage is is just waiting to see how he fits in waiting to see how this year goes and and, and then they can uh, uh, make that a next off season talk 
Kevin has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We're joined by AJ Jakovic, TSN twelve hundred out of Ottawa. He does the Red Blacks. He also works on the Senators pre and post and does sixty sevens broadcasts as well. He's from St. Albert. Kevin says, Bob, the Ottawa Senators and Calgary Flames have spent the money this year. They need a good product because both teams will be up for sale in the next couple of years. Of course, Eugene Melnick uh, passed away here uh, recently. What is going on? Uh, you know. Do you envision that the extended Melnick family will hold on to the team, or do you think they could indeed end up ultimately being for sale, AJ? Yeah, it's a a great question. I mean, right now, everything we hear is they're not for sale. I think that the good news is there are buyers. There are buyers from outside this market, and there are buyers in this market. Uh, You know, a lot of the local people that have been involved either in sports, like you, you hear the names, Roger Greenberg and John Ruddy. They're part of the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group that runs Lansdowne Park, TD Place, and uh, the Ottawa 67s and the Ottawa Red Blacks. You look at um, names like Cyril Leader, who was the, the former president here. Uh, Daniel Alfredson is certainly someone that would like to get involved. So there, there are a lot of people interested. We'll wait and see, A, you know, what the plans are of uh, the Melnick girls and B, just what they're going to be able to pull off because an arena deal has to be uh, consummated. I think there's some good news here on that front, but, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. And just because things look like they're pointed in the right direction, as you know, in Edmonton, uh, this this can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster. So we'll we'll see how things play out on that front over the course of the next uh, uh, 6 to 18 months. You mentioned a potential external owner. Does that potential involvement stem from Hamilton? I haven't heard any names from Hamilton, to be okay. honest. So that's uh, that's a new one to me. We got a little bit of reverb there, AJ. We'll wrap up with this. You're an Auburn fan. I'm an Alabama fan. Who do you like this year? Hate to say it, but Bama. I mean, Brian Harson. I was looking today, and the odds of the first uh, coach to be uh, fired – by an SEC team, he's uh, minus a thousand right now, so that's that's not a good sign. Uh, but uh, at the very least, uh, we're not worried about his vaccination status like last year. Was he going to be able to coach a bowl game, all that type of stuff? But yeah, I mean, Bama, they're different level right now, along with Georgia and you know maybe Texas A&M. Auburn's not even ranked, so just hoping for a season where they're competitive over 500 and maybe they can pull off another iron bowl upset. We're just going to put uh, AJ. We're just going to put Brendan Escott on the uh, spot here. Brendan, when's the last time the Edmonton Elks won a home game? October 12th, 2019. It's been well over 1000 days, but factor in a lost season. Okay. So AJ, make the call who wins this week. After I took my headset off, Following that Elks win last week, I, I didn't think Ottawa was going to win another game this year. I'll be honest. I, I had visions of 1-17. and uh, Devontae Dedman has arrived. He's uh, the most electrifying player in the Canadian Football League the last couple of seasons. Uh, the best return man. And there's been some good ones from Pinball Clemens to uh, Stefan Logan and Chris Rainey, amongst others. But he's the best return man since Gizmo that I've ever seen. Fastest to five, kick return touchdown. What's his name? In- Devontae Dedman. Okay. Fastest ever to five return touchdowns in CFL history. Broke Gizmo's record last year. Uh, ended up uh, going to the Miami Dolphins and just got back. Joe, 23 hours this week from Miami, so he could be back for this one. His energy 
off the charts when we talked to him this week. He's pumped to be back. I think that'll give them some life. I think they'll get some life from Nick Arbuckle starting. He's been here six weeks, so he knows the offense. He's finally getting his first start. Uh, this is his last chance to be a starter in the Canadian Football League, I think. And I think it's Paul LaPolice's last chance to be uh, a head coach. So they're relying on each other. Plus, Jeremiah Masoli is back. Uh, you know, he's, he's still wearing a brace. It's really unfortunate what happened to him. But he, he's finally back with the team. I think he's making the trip to Ottawa. That'll help as well, just his presence. So, um, yeah, it's probably not a smart pick, but uh, I'm picking Ottawa this week. There you go. That's the play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Does some work on the Senators broadcast, the 67s as well. St. Albert's own A.J. Jackman. Thanks, A.J. Thanks, Bob. Can't wait to come home. All right, there you go. A.J. Jakovic's appearance. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. The Dawn has texted us. We're going to get to one of his texts, some other texts, and, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to some other stuff when we return on Oilers now. Yeah. It is 126 in Edmonton. A reminder... But the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown, injury lawyers, over 250 years of experience. Trent Brown, Jim Garrow, the gang at James H. Brown. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. All right, here it is. And I'm going to do it in the Dawn voice on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He's uh, chiming in on Yes, Apollo Yarvin. You can keep texting the 780 the Don says, I can tell you what Paul Yervy is. Oh, no, wait, I read that wrong. The Don says, I can't tell you what Paul Yervy is, but I can tell you what he isn't. He isn't a first or second liner. I don't want Paul Yervy on my third energy line. On Patrick Kane, no. We need a second pairing right shot D-man. That comes to us from the Don, always listening from day one. On Oilers Lunch. Wow, he's going all the way back to there. Uh, there you go. You can text us 780 uh, This text comes in from John. He says, Bob, we heard AJ Jakobek's pick. What's your pick on the Elks game? Do the, Elks, do the Elks break the streak this week from John? Yes, they do. Brendan, they should have beaten Saskatchewan. They should have won that game. They're, they're going to break the home streak. They're going to beat Ottawa. That Ottawa team that I watched, that second half of the game, it looked like they quit. Looked like they quit on the coach there. I mean, they got pounded three straight possessions. The Elks had the ball for about six or seven minutes. So, damn straight I'm taking the Elks, and they'll improve to four and seven on the season if they get the victory. Am I off base there? Do you think I'm on to something? What do you think? No, you're you're bang on the money. I think that uh, they, they kind of drove the nail, the dagger, as it were, into Ottawa's season. They looked like a defeated group. Nick Arbuckle starts at quarterback this week. He hasn't led anybody to anything, really, since he's been in the league. Uh, has he so. ever been any good? Sorry? Has he ever been any good? I, I didn't watch him in college, so you tell me. <laughs> the college he played at, I wasn't watching. That was Georgia Tech. Now, he wasn't at Georgia Tech. Where was he? He was at, like, a, yeah, he might have been at Georgia State, I'm thinking. Maybe that's it. But like, Georgia Tech's, a, you know, that's... Like an actual team. You know, that's where Calvin Johnson played. There's some that's big, right. Yeah. Mechatron. So, Jamar Gibbs, who's going to be the starting tailback from Alabama, he was Georgia Tech's best player last year, entered the transfer portal to go to Alabama. I'm pretty sure Arbuckle is at Georgia State, I'm thinking. Sorry, I cut you off, Brendan. 
So you're picking the Elks. I, I am taking the Elks. I think the sun is going to shine on the crowd. I think that we'll finally see that streak broken after far too many months. All right, awesome stuff. Uh, when we come back, a different conversation. We're going to talk a bit about the Western Hockey League, some of the challenges that the Edmonton Oil Kings are going to have. They have lost 10 of their top 13 scorers from last year. They went for it. They were all in, uh, made it to the Memorial Cup. And they've got a new head coach, and we're going to hear from him, Luke Pierce, after a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell.